You are listening to the Akron Abide Bible Study Podcast. For more information, check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Akron Abide. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Great to be in Akron today. Let me begin with some introductory things. So uh, my name is Ryan Austin. I'm the assistant pastor or youth pastor in Elk Point, South Dakota, in, that, in the church over there. Uh, and I'm saying this because I don't quite recognize everyone here, which is a good thing. Uh, it's a good thing that uh, just making sure that you know who, uh, I guess you know who I am. We can get acquainted. And then I uh, just want you to know I love your pastor, that uh, he's, a, he's a dear friend of mine. He's a person that I will call upon for help or I will call upon for advice. And uh, I, I just love him and I just want you to know that. I just want you to continue to encourage him. Uh, continue to be there for him and uh, allow him. I, I I love my church that they allow me to make mistakes and learn from my mistakes. And just want to encourage you to do the same for Michael. But Michael loves you too. And uh, but man, I, I love your pastor. Just want to say that. Secondly, or thirdly, or whatever you like it to be, uh, I, that that youth rally in Elk Point is I'm the one that's putting it on. So it's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, so I just wanted to plug in that. Uh, last year was the first year that we ever had that youth rally, and four people got saved. Four people came to know Christ as their Savior for the first time, called upon Him to be their Savior. That alone will tell you that it's worth coming to. I, I want you to know it's worth coming to if you are a young person. Uh, the ages are teenager, so that's 13 to 19. Um, and if you've graduated high school, it's good for you. You are still invited. If you are 19 or younger, I have some people in my church saying, can I come too? And I'm like, well, if you want to identify as a 19 year old, you can. <laughs> There's sometimes that we have like a, we had a water gun fight or something. And I had some adults say, can I come too? And I'm like, well, you know, if you want to, you can, you can turn in your Bible, please to the book of Isaiah. Forgot to tell you that the book of Isaiah but if you have any questions about that youth rally, um, any clarification, whatever it may be, you can let me know. And then uh, just let Michael know if you or your young person plans on coming. And uh, that would be great. It's on a Saturday, August 18th, I think, or 19th. 19th, thank you. Uh, Saturday, August 19th in the afternoon. And uh, it'll be a good, good time. And uh, talk to the people that went last year, and they'll tell you it was a good time. They came home with a big bucket of cheese balls. Right, Dave? <laughs> Akron was also the first church that was there. So, <laughs> so uh, the book of Isaiah, please, chapter uh, 46. I hope I said that. Isaiah chapter 46, and we'll be started this morning. Isaiah chapter 46 and verse 9. Go to Isaiah 46 in verse 9. The Bible says this, Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is none else, for I am God and there is none like me. I want to read that again just because it's one verse. It's a very simple verse. Just to soak it in, just to be sure this is the the launching verse that we're going to use or the theme verse that we're going to use this morning. It's Isaiah 46, verse 9. The Bible says, Remember the former things of old, 
For I am God, and there is none else. I am God, and there's none like me. This verse is written to a group of people who are absolutely overwhelmed. They are absolutely scared, sad, anxious, whatever uh, words that you want to insert yourself. They have no idea what to do, and, and they don't know, and they're confused. Uh, all of these emotions are boiling over them. Have you had a moment where you felt so overwhelmed uh, that you didn't even know where, where do I begin? You know, where do I start? And if you want to mentally remember, you know, where you were, what you were feeling. Okay, that's where these people are. That's where the Israelites are. Absolutely overwhelmed. Where do I begin? Where do, oh my goodness, this is nuts. I, I don't know what to do. That's where these people are. It's times when we've got some news an accident, a tragedy, a diagnosis, a death of a family member, a financial thing, something at work, something financial. Life just happens, and sometimes we feel so overwhelmed that we do not know what to do. And the answer this morning that God wants you to, God wants to these feelings, what am I going to do when I feel so overwhelmed? What am I going to do? What I am just, uh, it is beyond me. Whatever this thing is, is beyond me. Here's what God wants you to know this morning. Remember the former things of old. Remember the former things because I am God and there is none else. I am God and there's none like me. Remember those former things. Hmm. Look, if you read the Bible in the whole chapter and, and we need to get some context because you can't just take one verse out of thin air and, and take what it's saying. So if you take uh, the whole chapter, you will find that this group of people is struggling and they don't know who to turn to or what to turn to. So they take some gold and they boil it and they start worshiping the gold. <laughs> so go to verse 6, Isaiah 46, if you have your Bible. Isaiah 46, verse 6. Here's a little bit of context of what's happening. They lavish gold out of the bag and they weigh silver in the balance. They hire a goldsmith, and he maketh it a god. And they fall down, yea, they worship. Verse 7, they bear him up upon the shoulder. They carry him and set him in his place, and he standeth from his place. And he, sh and he standeth from his place. He shall not remove, yea, one shall cry unto him, yet he cannot answer, nor save him out of his trouble. So stop right there. God God uh, obviously is kind of upset about this whole situation. You're overwhelmed. You don't know what to do. So here, I have an idea. Let's boil some gold and worship it. Wonderful. Thank you. So God's kind of upset. And God says, look, you boiled some gold. Now you worship it. And then verse 7, he starts mocking the God. He said, he doesn't move unless you make it move. He said, you pray to it. You worship it. It does not answer your prayers. It Does it listen to you? You're praying to a stick of gold. That's what you're doing. It doesn't do anything. And God's pretty upset about the situation that's going on. So let's continue in verse uh, 8. Remember this and show yourselves, men. Bring it again to mind, O you transgressors. He's starting to give them a little bit of a tongue lashing. Remember this, bring it to mind, you transgressors, you... And then verse 8. 
Remember the former things of old? Don't you remember? For I am God, there's none else. Because I am God and there's none like me. So here's what God is asking them to do. So that's, that's where we are. That's what's happening. Here's what God is asking them to do. Do you remember the Midianites? Because when he says, remember the former things of old, what are they asking? What is God asking them to remember? Don't you remember the Midianites? How when your army was against their army, <laughs> and it, there was no comparison. I mean, it was a David and Goliath situation. And uh, look, do you remember what happened? And I showed up and I did a great work. Do you remember that former thing? Do you remember that you spent 400 years in Egypt? And I called my man Moses and said, Moses, get my people out of here. So we escaped, you know, uh, there's, there was the plagues. We escaped out of Egypt. We ran out and we met a Red Sea. And then uh, like, wow, this big Red Sea and what are we going to do now? And then we look behind us. There's this Egyptian army that's following us and they want to kill us and make our children their slaves. I mean, we've already been slaves for 400 years. What are we going to do now? God says, remember the former things when I parted that Red Sea? Do you remember when that Red Sea opened and you walked on ground, but it wasn't just ground, it was dry ground. Remember that? Because I am God and there's none else. Look, whatever idol or thing that you're worshiping, you know, I am God and there's none else. Do you remember the former things? You were stuck, you, you were in trouble. Here, I'm gonna re repeat this phrase often. And if I can get you through that, I can get you through this. And if, if I can get you through that, that thing that you're facing today and being overwhelmed, I can get you through this. When we are overwhelmed today and we do not know what to do, one of the best things that we can do is to remember those former things. Remember those things that God has already done. And remember, I just want to encourage you this morning to remember those things that God's already done in your life. And you think to yourself, whatever thing I'm facing today, this trial today, this problem today, is no match to a great God who's already done some awesome things in my life. Turn to the book of Joshua. I want to give you an example. In the book of Joshua, so this is going to be a lengthy example, but in the book of Joshua, go to Joshua chapter 4. Joshua chapter 4. But I want to tell you a story of what's happening in Joshua chapter 3. Okay? So if you have your Bible, go to Joshua 4. But I'm going to tell you what's happening in Joshua chapter 3. Okay? So let's begin. Moses has just died, and God says, Joshua, uh, Joshua's the next uh, uh, leader. Joshua's the next leader. Joshua, I want you to take my people and cross uh, the Jordan River because we're on our way to the promised land, right? Okay, we're on our way to the promised land. Moses just died. Uh, Joshua, take my people across the Jordan River and we're on our way with a, you know, a one-way direction to the promised land, okay? So a couple things that, that you need to know in, in order for, 
for context, here's a couple things. The Jordan River, now, when I was in Sunday school class, or when I was a young man, uh, I didn't have much to compare it to, so I'm from Sioux Falls originally, didn't have much to compare it to, so I was take the Jordan River is some kind of like a stream, or a brook, or, you know, that's all, that's kind of all I had to compare it to, but I want you to imagine uh, the Jordan River is a very, very large body of water. A very, I mean, it, I'm having, if I would compare it, you know, maybe the Missouri River, but also bigger, much, much, much bigger from bank to bank, okay? So I want you to imagine that you have a nation of people, not a city, a nation of people, and God says to his man, Joshua, I want you to cross this river. And then in Joshua uh, 3.15, I'm going to read it, and I want you to hear a certain word that I'm going to pick out. And they, ba- and they bear the ark uh, where unto Jordan, and the feet of the priests bear the ark, uh, were dipped in the brim of the water. So they had the Ark with them, the Ark of the Covenant. They put their feet in the water. Here's what I want you to see. For Jordan overfloweth all of its banks all the time of the harvest. So not only that's Joshua 3.15, because you're already in Joshua 4. Not only are they crossing a river, Joshua 3.15 says the Jordan was overflowing. The river was overflowing. It was, it was a massive undertaking. So for, for I, I like when I'm preaching and when I'm reading the Bible, I like to put myself there. I like to visualize, imagine, uh, and things like that, fantasize, whatever it is, uh, daydream. Uh, what, okay, uh, this river is a big river, and it's overflowing. Second thing you need to know is you've got three million people that need to cross this river. That's a nation. Three million. That would be, so I, I looked up my friend Google, that would be about the size of the city of Los Angeles. Los Angeles has three and a half million, and people are leaving California, so it's about the size of Los Angeles. Three million people need to cross this river. So the Israelites come to the river, and God says, Joshua, take my people across this river. Now here we are again. You feeling a little bit overwhelmed? Are you feeling a little bit like, I cannot do this? You have to put yourself there for a couple of reasons. Because here's, here's something I thought of. Not all of us are going to make it. God asked us to cross this river, and I'm telling you right now, Grandpa Joe, who is 95 years old, is not going to make it. it. You know, what about this baby that this mom is carrying? What's the plan there, Joseph? Or, or Joshua, excuse me. What's the plan? You know, we're going to build a boat? <laughs> what? what are we doing? And they are way overwhelmed. So let me continue the story. I'll get to Joshua 4, but this is really cool. Let me continue. Here's what God did. I'll tell you what God did. He, God came up to the river over here, and he made it to stop, stop flowing. He cut it off right here. The children of Israel are over here, okay? So God cut the river off right here. So the water flowed and flowed and flowed and flowed. And when it got to the children of Israel, it flowed past them so that it was getting shallow, 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 shallow until there was ground. That's what happened. 
So God stopped the river from flowing on one end. Let's call it the north end. Stopped it from flowing. So then when it went down to where the children of Israel were, it flowed and flowed and flowed until it actually went shallow, shallow, shallow until there was ground. And then God said something in Joshua chapter 3. God said, Joshua, I want to prove to these people that I am with you, just like I was with Moses. I want to give a sign to these people that I am with you. I have not left you, just like I gave to Moses. So what did God do? He made the ground to be dry when they walked across. So here's what happened, you know, stop the river from flowing, flow, flow, flow. The, the Israelites are over here. They became ground. God made it to be dry ground. And I'm sure some people were like, I remember crossing that Red Sea. I oh my goodness. This is what my mom told me about. My mom told me that when they crossed the Red Sea, it was on dry ground. Oh my goodness. And then they start walking across the Jordan. Okay. Here we are. Joshua chapter four, verse one. That's what just happened. That's what just happened. Joshua chapter four, verse one. And it came to pass when all of the people were clean passed over Jordan. We just got across that the Lord spake unto Joshua saying, take you 12 men out of the people, out of every tribe of man and command them saying, take you hence out of the midst and when, when it says midst, I want you to think of middle, middle. Take you hence out of the midst, the middle of the Jordan, out of the place where the feast, where the priest's feet stood firm, 12 stones, and carry, and ye carry them with you and leave them in a lodging place where you're going to lodge this night. Wait a minute. <laughs> What God is asking you to do is pretty crazy. This is kind of insane. All three million people just crossed the river. Verse one. All we just got across. And God says, Joshua, Joshua, I want you to take 12 men and go back in the middle of the river. Uh, uh, what? You want me to go back there? I mean, you want me to go back to the center, the middle of my fear, back there, so overwhelmed. And God did a miracle, but you want me to go back into danger, you know? Here's something that you might have, uh, that they might have thought. Again, I'm trying to put myself there. I wonder when that, when God stopped the water up north, I wonder when he's going to let that go and send it. I've always wanted to say that in a sermon, send it. I wonder when he's going to let that water go. Is God going to ask 12 men out of each tribe to go into the center of the river so that they can get washed away and die? Yikes. What is going to happen? So let's continue. Let's answer that question. Verse number four, Then Joshua called the 12 men whom he had prepared of the children of Israel out of every tribe of man. So Joshua's doing what God told him to do. Verse 5, And Joshua said unto them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst, the middle of the Jordan, and take you up, every man a stone upon your shoulder, according to the number of the tribe of the children of Israel. Why? Verse 6 answers that question, that this may be a sign among you, 
that when your children ask their fathers in the time to come, saying, what mean you by these stones? Let's stop right there for a short, short moment. Mom, what's up with these stones? What mean you by these stones? Dad, Grandpa, what's, what mean you by these stones? Why are there 12 stones on a beach next to the Jordan River? Verse 7, then you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. And when it passed over Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. And these stones shall be a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. What's up with these stones? God asked them to go back into a time when they were afraid and grab a memory, grab something, and hoist it on your shoulder and bring it back, and we're going to build a memorial. A good question this morning is why? It's a good question. Why? And what good are memorials? Why? You're going to ask me to go back to the center? I mean, I could die. All of us could have died. But we all got across, all three million of us. You're asking me to go back, and you're going to grab a stone, put it on my shoulder, and bring it out to the beach. Why? Well, here's something. Uh, I want to answer that question, of course. Let me answer why. What good are memorials? Because God knew something that they didn't. Even though God had given them the promised land, when they crossed that river Jordan, now we know because of the Bible and because of history, they have 31 battles in front of them in order to take the promised land. 31. When they crossed the Jordan River, what was facing them were some people that I already mentioned, the Amorites, the Philistines, the Hittites, and the Ites, and the Ites, and the Ites. 31 battles, 31 trials, 31 moments of I am so overwhelmed. I am, it is beyond me, 31 times again and again and again and again until they reach the promised land. That's what God knew. That's what they didn't know. So what good are memorials? Because now, let me answer that. Because they can come to battle number one, fight number one, trial number one, storm number one, whatever you'd like to call it, and it's the Amorites. Let's just pick on them. starts with the letter A. The Amorites are against them, and their army, and they're going to take them. Say, Joshua, oh, man. Look at what they got. Their swords are sharper than ours. Their armor, their military, we're in big trouble. Joshua says, come here. Excuse me. Um, excuse me. I want to show you a memorial, um, excuse me, that was built over here. There's 12 stones on a beach that will tell you that God was with us that God did not leave us. 
And now come over here. Look at this Amorite army. Is that any match for my God? No. No, it's not. Here, let's, let's again, let's give another example. Again, I, I like to put myself in the story, okay? Because one of those 31 battles was a city called Jericho. A city where those walls were huge, massive. The building, the, 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 how are we supposed to take that? We can't just walk across it. We can't just walk around it. And because God, first of all, God didn't tell us to. God told us to march? What? God told us to walk around it and march around it in silence? What? Somebody might say, Joshua, I think you've lost it. I think you're nuts. This, I mean, do you see what's going on here? These Jericho walls are no match for us. We can't do it. And Joshua, we've gone this far, but that's about as far as we're going to go. And Joshua says, come here. Come here. Because there's 12 stones on a beach that will tell you that my God can do great things. That my God, in a memorial, to help us to remember that he's with us. He didn't leave us. He's still with us today. And even when we're facing Jericho, this impossible task, he has still not left us. And he's still with us. I need you to remember. Again, what good are memorials? Well, they help us to remember the former faith. What good are memorials? What good, what do they do? They help us to remember the former things. The former things of old. That God is with us. The nation of the United States has many memorials. We have uh, all over the United States, Mount Rushmore, South Dakota. Uh, but the one I, I picked out here is the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier is in Washington, D.C., uh, in Arlington National Cemetery, to be uh, more specific, along with 400,000 headstones of men and women that gave their life for this country. The Tomb of the Unknown Soldier is a historic monument, and it's dedicated to the U.S. service members whose remains have not been identified. Written on the tomb are these words, Here rests in honored glory an American soldier known but to God. Let me go back to a question. What good are memorials? What good are memorials? Well, they help us to remember the cost of our freedom. 400,000 headstones, white headstones, will help you to remember there's a cost to your freedom. Help you to remember that there's a cost to what we have today. It helps us to honor and respect those who've given their lives. And they reassure us that if God brought us through that, he will bring us through what we're going through today. You can be a little bit more specific. Look, if God brought us through World War I, he is with us in World War II. If we saw God's presence in Pearl Harbor, his presence will be seen on September 11th. 
sorry? Excuse me. Oh. That's my birthday, by the way. You'll never forget it. Now you know. <laughs> You'll never forget it. Not 19, not, I mean, excuse me, not 2001. I'm not that young. 1993, September 11th. Okay, anyway, now that you all know my birthday, uh, I'll be giving you uh, what I want for my birthday. My birthday list will be in your mailbox. But if God hasn't left us, if so I, what I'm taking, I'm taking you from the nation of Israel, built a memorial of 12 stones on a beach to remind them that God was still with them, to remind them what had happened there because it will give us hope in what the trial that we're in today and we have memorials in the United States that will help us to remember that what we've gone through, because there's, there's many things, uh, many hard times that we've gone through. I saw a statistic that uh, the United States has spent more years in war than we have not in war. You know, we've been through a lot and there's many memorials that will tell you that if God was with our nation now, he'll still be with our nation today. And I want to end it with each individual person today. Each individual person. I want to encourage you to make a list of what God has brought you through in your life. It's going to be a pretty personal list. Some of you are struggling right now. Some of you are in the heat of your struggle, in the heat of your trial. And I want you to know this, that God is with you. And that, excuse me, and that God is good. And that God is working. And that God has a plan, even though you can't see that plan. You're like, what? Can't see that plan. Even if you don't see the plan or understand it. God's working. God loves you. And God's with you. He is going to get you through what you're going through right now. And right now, what is a gigantic struggle, like the, the gigantic towers of Jericho, what is a gigantic struggle will be a gigantic testimony in what you're going through today. When you're looking at a trial today, in years to come, you will look at a memorial and say, look what God did. Look what God has brought me through. I didn't think I was going to make it. But he didn't leave me. I want to encourage you to build a memorial. So today I printed out a piece of paper. Oh boy, almost lost it. Here it is. I want to hand these out to you. Printed, uh, I think, 70 of them at my house. On the top it says, My Memorial. Here, I'll do this. It says, My Memorial. The verse is Isaiah 46, 9. Remember the former things of old. For I am God and there's none else. I am God and there's none like me. And then I have number one, number two, number three, down to 12. On the bottom is 12. Because I want you to write down and remember, this is what God has done in my life. This is what God has brought me through. Maybe a couple examples. I was raised in a broken home. I watched my father abuse my mother. And if God could bring me through that, and he didn't leave me, he's still with me today. Go back. Uh, college was hard. 
I'm gonna go back to high school. High school was tough. And I didn't know, <laughs> there's some nights, some days, oofta, you know, that's a good word, oofta. It's a good, you know, I didn't know if I was gonna make it. But if God was with me in high school, he'll be with me in college. I've been working at this job for the last 20 years, 30 years. And they just let me go. It wasn't from something that I've done, just the company's moving in another direction. They, they took away my job and now they're changing the way they work. But if God was with me in those last 30 years at my job, he will not leave me. Excuse me. He will not leave me now. Sorry. Excuse me. That was my dad. My dad had a job for about 20 or 30 years when I was growing up, and, and they suddenly let him go. He <laughs> has a much better job today. Number one, I have two simple points this morning because I haven't even got to one of them yet. But <laughs> don't want to freak you out. Very two simple things. Two simple things I want you to do this morning. Build a memorial. Number one, build a memorial. Take some real time to build a memorial. And you might have to go back in those memories in the middle of the Jordan into a time where you were so afraid. You did not think you were going to make it. You might have to go back to a dark time when you were considering uh, self-harm, when you were considering ending your own life, back to a time when you were thinking, I'm just going to leave my spouse, forget this. Back to, a, you know, back to those scary and dark memories. And you think, if God was with me here, he's still with me today. You have to read number one. You know, number one, man, when I was growing up, something terrible happened. My dad passed away when I was young. I was a young person. But God didn't leave me. He's still with me. And number two, number two was tough. It was really hard. But he still didn't leave me. He loved me through it. Number two was kind of my fault still loved me through it. And if God was with me, he didn't leave me or forsake me, just like he tells me in his word, he's still with me today. Take some time to build a memorial. So I, again, uh, I'm gonna, I wanna hand these out when you leave. I'll, I'll be over there uh, at the entrance to our church. Hand these out till you leave, when you leave. But you don't have to use it. Uh, instead, uh, I have another idea. You could use the inside of your Bible. You could use the inside of your Bible and say three things, two things. God loved me through this. God brought me through this. Number one, number two, uh, and, and right on the top, this is my memorial. This is my 12 stones. This is my thing that, that went, you know, whatever example you'd like to give, this is my thing that God, God loves me through it all. The amount of peace and joy and confidence that you will walk with every day will be determined if your focus on 
what God has done for us or where we are in our current situation. I want to say that again, just to make it very clear. The amount of joy, peace, and the amount, you know, of what you walk through every day will be, will be determined on if you are more focused on the trial that you're in or more focused on the God that can bring you through that trial. Really, it's, it's a shift of focus a little bit here is what we're th- talking about. God has better for us. God has a, a, an abundant life. In, in the Bible, it says an abundant life for us. And God has peace in your crazy, difficult situation. The situation involving your kids, the situation involving your, your spouse. The si- I'm just trying to give you some examples to, to help you to relate to what I'm trying to say. God has peace in your situation. God has peace for you. And the way to, a way to get that peace is to remember the days of old. Remember the former things that I brought you through. Remember the former things that I brought you through. And here's, I wrote this down. Remind yourself and remind the devil and remind your friends that if, it, I got, if God got me through this, he will get me through this. Sometimes it's good. Uh, memorials are reminders. It's good to remind ourselves. And sometimes we need to, maybe, maybe it's ourself. Oh, God brought me through this. He's not leaving me today. And then there's a voice that says, yeah, he is. Said, nope, let me remind you. Number five, he was with me when I was here and I did that. And he's going to be with me today. And then your friend, you know, a friend might say something, a family member, whatever it is, say, now, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me just say how good my God is. Uh, Number eight on my memorial list is when I was, and it was, and God was with me. And he will be with me today. Why don't you just give up on God? That what? Come on, you go to church all the time. Because I love him and he loves me. And I know it. God loves me and I know it. Because, well, number nine on my memorial list, here's, here's the thing. I'm t- again, I'm giving a lot of examples, but I'm just trying to, trying to relate to you here. Number one, build a memorial. Here we are at number two. We're almost done. Number two, choose to think about it often. Reflect on your memorial often. Read your memorial often. When you build this memorial, plan on reading it for a while. And if you are in a struggle today, if you're in the heat of a trial today, I would plan on reading it every day. It's a good thing to read with your devotion. Good thing to read. You could say it as a prayer. Lord, I want to thank you for number one. And God, I want to thank you for number two. And Lord, I want to thank you for, and go on, just do a couple of them or do one a day. God, I want to thank you for saving me. I did not deserve your love and compassion, but you reached down your hand for me and I was in a sin pit of dirty ugliness. 
And God, you still reached your nail-scarred hand down to me, and you picked me up. just want to say thank you for that. just want to say thank you. Choose to think about your memorial often. Thank God for when you read line by line, call someone and tell them, can I tell you what God has done for me? In every church, there are some good people to call. I can think of the people in Elk Point, but there are some good people to call, uh, maybe some widows in the church, maybe some friends, maybe some, just a phone call and say, hey, uh, Janet, how are you? I just want to tell you that God is so good to me. And can I just tell you, just want to say, I just want to say something. I don't know if there's a Janet that attends church here, but there is, a, there is a young lady named Janet that I like to talk to. Say, God's been good to me. Now, uh, I will continue. Everyone counted me out and I was worthless, but God stepped in and today I'm a child of the King. Things will change when you start talking about it, thinking about it, and thanking God for this list. Peace will replace your anxiety. Joy will replace your depression. And confidence will replace scared to death. Because if God brought me through that, this thing I'm in today, he's got it. He's got it. I will finish, I will finish with this. Philippians 4, 8, 9 Finally, my brethren, whatsoever things are true and whatsoever things are honest and whatsoever things are just and whatsoever things are pure and whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, here's what I want you to do. I want you to think on these things. Verse 9, Philippians 4, 9. Those things which you have both learned. So now we're talking about the past. Those things that you've learned and received and heard, do. And let me make you a promise. And the God of peace shall be with you. If we're not going to think about our trial and worry about our trial, what are we going to think about? <laughs> what I, mean, I, mean, <laughs> I find it a little humorous. Whatsoever things are true, honest, lovely, good report, think on these things. And the promise is in the next verse that the God of peace will be with us. I will change my mind and focus on what is praiseworthy, not what is problematic. I will change my mind and focus on what is praiseworthy, not what is problematic. And lastly, that's the last thing on this paper, on the bottom here. Because it is time that we start changing our mind. Rather than thinking about the trial, the storm, the problem that we're in today, that we might have gotten ourselves in and whatever. I got some things to be praiseworthy for. You know what? I've got a family to be very praiseworthy for. I've got friends to be very praiseworthy for. I've got, you know, I've got things to praise the Lord for. And it starts with number one. And it starts with number two. And then I'm just going to go down because I was there in the heat of the battle, in the heat of the moment. And God didn't leave me. It was great. I've got some things to be praiseworthy for. I've, I've got some things to praise the Lord for. 
That's what I'm trying to say. And when we do that, when you say, oh, God, thank you, you did it. Then our focus is not on, there's no way I could beat this. Let me stop right there. There is no way you can beat that. But you've got a great God that can, okay? Whatever that trial is, you've got a great God that can. Choose to think about your memorial often. Two, two points, I'm already done with them. Build a memorial. It doesn't have to be on the sheet of paper that I'm going to give to you. It can be tattooed on your heart internally. Tattooed on your heart and say, God, you know those things that, that is a memorial in my mind. I want to thank you for these three things, five things, six things, whatever it is. I want to thank you. Number two, think about your memorial often. You don't just build one. You don't just build Mount Rushmore for fun. Think about it often. And praise God for it. Praise God for it. I will change my mind from what is problematic to what is praiseworthy. And it's, it's a changing of thinking. And Paul said the byproduct of this change is peace. The Bible says tomorrow has enough, of enough worries of its own. Jesus said that. Tomorrow can worry for itself. I've got things today to praise him for. You know, finally, in my conclusion, um, we are commanded to remember the death and the resurrection of Jesus. Every Sunday is a celebration. I'm going to speak for Michael for a moment. Every Sunday is, is a celebration. We are celebrating the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus every time we meet. Every time we sing, amazing grace, my chains are gone. just want to praise God that he died and he rose again for me. It's a celebration. Tonight, uh, in Outpoint, we're having the Lord's Supper, uh, so I, I have my mind on those things. It says, uh, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three. For I have received of the Lord, which also was delivered to you. So he's remembering. This is, this is not, he's not writing down what's happening. He's writing down what he remembers. That the Lord, the same night, which he betra betrayed, took bread. And we had given thanks. He broke it and he said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. And this do in remembrance of me. I want you to remember me. After the same manner, he took the cup, and when he had supped, saying, This is the cup, the New Testament in my blood. This you do as often as you drink it. Do this in remembrance of me. So this morning, remember what Jesus did on the cross for you. It's good to think back and remember. The cross, it's, it's brutal. You know, I'm a preacher, and sometimes I get uncomfortable thinking about or preaching about the cross just because of how brutal it is. It is an execution. <laughs> it's, it's bad. But, you know, sometimes it's good to think back, say, you went all, through all of that for me. I'm going to put that on my, on my list. I'm going to put that on my memorial. You went through all of that for me. So finally, if you don't know Jesus personally this morning, Love for you to talk to me. You can talk to my wife. You can talk to uh, Michael if you feel more comfortable with that because I'm like a stranger. You know, if you don't know, you know, I don't really get the understanding of, well, why did Jesus die? Why did he have to? Was there any other way? Could, could something else could have done it? So, 
If you want to talk to someone, I am available. Michael's available. Hannah's available. Anything you would need, uh, we would love to talk to you about that. But this morning, it's good to remember uh, and build a memorial on what God has done in your life. And one of those things for all of us is that he's died for us. I'm going to finish with this. One last sentence. And I, I, sometimes I feel uncomfortable writing down a prayer, but this is a prayer. God, help me to remember and help me not to take for granted the things that, excuse me, that you have brought me through. Thank you that you died for me. Thank you that your body was broken for me. Thank you that your blood was spilled for me so that I can have eternity forever in heaven. God, I remember. I remember.